0: Hey, and welcome to Becca Babble's podcast, the show where I will teach you to be the best version of yourself by learning about yourself, body, and the world around you, or at the very least, give you a good laugh. I'm your host, Becca. Now let's get babbling. Hi, and welcome back to Becca Babble's podcast. I'm your host, Becca, and I wanted to go over a question that I hear people talk about a lot, and it is, is the gym really therapy? Or can it be considered therapy? And I hear people on Instagram talk about this or just in my daily life about how like, you don't need to go to therapy, just go to the gym because the gym can replace therapy. And the gym is my therapy and stuff like that. And I hear people say like the gym saved their life, which I was one of or I am one of those people who said that if you've listened to my eating disorder recovery story. But I just, I started wondering, can the gym actually replace therapy? And when most people say this, they're usually saying things like it taught them a lesson. Things like it taught them how to push through life, get comfortable with being uncomfortable, because you know lifting those heavy weights can sometimes be a struggle. It taught them to set goals. It taught them to build their confidence, There's also a lot of research stating that it helps with mental health, things like increasing your endorphins and serotonin levels, which are those like feel-good hormones, and this would then lead to decreasing anxiety and depression. People would also say things like, it's cheaper than therapy, which... Honestly, I think it also depends on which gym you would go to. So I'd like to challenge that. But they'd also say things like, you don't have to sit in a room with a stranger. And all these things are great. But the thing is, can exercise alone replace therapy? And my answer is no. Again, this is coming from a person who said these exact same words. And I love the gym. The gym saved my life, and I don't know where I'd be without the gym, but I still don't believe that the gym can replace therapy because therapy will actually change your thought patterns, and I'm saying this even coming from being a personal trainer, and I still think people should go to therapy for at least a period of time so that you start understanding yourself and your thought patterns and the way you're going through life. And just to let that sink in a bit, I wanted to give a quote from Patricka Thornton. She's a psychologist in New York and is a member of the Anxiety and Depression Association of America. And she says, exercise elevates your mood but it's not going to change the way you think. That's where psychotherapy has to come in. Going to therapy isn't an outlet to burn off energy or anxiety, and often people seek therapy because they want to change when they feel stuck. Usually that involves challenging your assumptions about yourself and about your life. You might be reframing things, saying, or addressing negative, self th- negative self-talk, and no amount of exercise can do that. Now, again, I'm not saying there is no scientific proof that exercise cannot help your mental health because then that would just be wrong. But I'd be lying if I'd be saying that the gym can change your mindset because you're still going to have to do that underlying work to improve yourself. And I think one of the main reasons why this statement that the gym is therapy can be so harmful is because... I think it covers up a lot of people's problems and this can then lead to health issues. With my experience with my eating disorder, I would say the gym is life. The gym is therapy and people would be like, you're so healthy. You're going to the gym seven days a week and you're eating all these vegetables and lean meats and you're so healthy and it's great. But honestly, it was hiding all of my issues of being terrified of losing control of not knowing what I was going to do and feeling like I had to be perfect all the time. And the gym was my only coping mechanism. Movement was my only coping mechanism. And I didn't have anywhere else to put this anxiety because I didn't know how to deal with what I was feeling. And this can also lead to people becoming, there's a term called cortisol junkie. I don't think that's a scientific term, but I like the way that it, the word, so I'm going to use it. But when you exercise, your body releases cortisol, which is a stress hormone. And this can be good in short periods of time, like waking up in the morning so that you can get ready and go to school or go to work and not stay in bed and keep clicking the, that snooze button and that you start your day. But the thing that happens is you can start becoming addicted to this cortisol rush and things can start getting out of balance because you always want this go, go, go mentality. And you can start feeling backaches, headaches, not sleeping very well, or feeling tired even though you slept. You can have weight gain, catch colds and infections easily, decrease cravings, or decrease, well, increase cravings, decreased sex drive, feeling anxious or depressed-like symptoms, and digestive issues. Studies have shown that prolonged periods of high cortisol can lead to impairment, impaired memory and mental dysfunction. And you might be wondering, okay, if people are experiencing these symptoms, then why don't they stop? Well, the thing is, is when you have this cortisol spike, you feel this endorphin rush after you have exercise. And that makes you feel good. I remember when I was addicted to HIIT. And if you don't know what HIIT is, it's high-intensity interval training. And that's where you do a short period of really intense exercise, do a little bit of rest, and then another bout of high-intensity exercise. And you just keep repeating that. But I remember I'd wake up and I'd feel so tired, but I knew that I had to get that workout in or I felt like I did, even though I was dragging. And then afterwards I felt great. And then I kept that energy throughout my whole day of just keep going and going and going when my body was telling me no throughout the entire rest of the day and I was experiencing those other negative symptoms or my psychology teacher, she was talking about her daughter's friend who was a runner. She would run every day, even when she was injured, even when it was super cold outside, and even even when it was raining. And yes, you do need to sometimes push yourself when you don't feel motivated to go to the gym, when you just kind of feel a little bit lazy and you're like, I just want to watch the last couple of episodes on this Netflix show that I'm watching. But There's a difference between that and then pushing your body to the ground because you want to feel this rush of energy and it's uncomfortable to stop moving. And I've felt this and it's hard and it's hard to change. And when I started slowing down, those thoughts started creeping up and I didn't have those coping mechanisms. And this is where saying that the gym is my stress reliever can be really harmful because there is a thing as too much exercise. Believe me, I've been there. (laughs) Um, Your body will start screaming at you. Exercise is a stress on the body. It is considered a good stress, but that's when it's applied correctly. You will start feeling things like better sleep, increased mood, better cognitive function, and many more other things that I could keep listing on and on. But as you can see, those are the complete opposite things from having too much cortisol in your body. And that just shows if, you have, if you're doing too much stress, that's going to affect how you feel. So when exercise is applied properly, then you'll experience these good things. So there's this principle called the specific adaptation to imposed demands. And if you want to make that shorter, it's called the said principle, which basically states that your body will adapt to specific demands that are placed on it. And I feel like this is a true principle because obviously you, if you start lifting weights, you'll build muscle, easy enough. But the thing is is If you then put too much stress on it to where your body can't actually adapt and it's just constantly recovering, it's never going to actually adapt. And this is because when exercise starts becoming your only coping mechanism, it can lead to burnout. When I stopped going to the gym and decreasing my steps, it felt so hard for me to sit still. I can remember going downstairs and having breakfast in the morning and I just or I don't even think I was having breakfast just like sitting down trying to figure out what I was going to do because I had told myself we are not going for our walk this morning and I could just feel myself shaking or these thoughts of like I need to move or I'm going to be a bad person or I I feel like I'm a bad person or I'm ashamed of myself I feel guilty or that like I'm not being productive with my life and what I'm doing and I need to be moving and going and it's like no I can just sit there and relax and have a slow morning and chill and eat my breakfast and a lot of this a lot of this comes from is feeling like we deserve to push ourselves and beat ourselves up. We constantly feel like we have to push ourselves to the ground because society tells us that if you don't feel dead after you work out or at the end of the day, you didn't work hard enough. You didn't push yourself enough. And I feel like that's something that I even have to work on when it comes to school work now, especially since I'm trying to find that balance between work and play since I have started decreasing my exercise and finding the balance within that. That's also showing up in other areas because no one tells us when enough is enough. Only we can tell ourselves when enough is enough. And I feel like because the only sign that we know when enough is enough is when we feel dead. That's when we feel like enough is enough. I feel like I keep repeating that, but it's, it's finding where you need to push yourself enough, but not over the edge. This can also be because we simply just don't want to feel our feelings because talking about our feelings is considered weak. And pushing ourselves to the ground makes us tough and macho and strong. And that's not really the case. And you need to look at yourself if you feel like feeling your feelings is a bad thing. Just saying. And this is where people start demonizing therapy or think that you're weird or have to be broken to go to therapy. When I went to one of my kinesiology classes and we started talking about psychology, my teacher was like, "Raise your hand if you go to therapy," but she was joking and a few of us raised our hands and she got she was super shocked that anyone raised their hands and I started thinking I was like This is still something people demonize like you're literally just working on yourself. So why is it a bad thing that you're going to therapy? So I started realizing that people still think that if you go to therapy, you have to be broken, which I don't like saying that you are broken because no one's necessarily broken. You are just trying to better yourself to your highest self or the best person that you can be. And yes, most people who have eating disorders or have anxiety, depression, PTSD, will need intervention and need to go to therapy. But honestly, I feel like most average people, and I'm putting that in quotations because I don't really think anyone's average, unless that's like Siri or some robot or something. Sorry if your phone just went off. <laughs> um, I just, I don't think most people are average. But you get what I'm saying. They need therapy. You need therapy. (laughs) I'm just going to say that. No one's perfect. Everyone has their issues. People think you have to have a diagnosis to go to therapy, but honestly, I just feel like if you go to therapy, you might start finding relief expressing yourself and learning about yourself and improving the way that you think and finding coping skills that may not be benefiting you and replacing them with ones that do. And I know therapy is a privilege. I understand that. And I know there are things out there like BetterHelp. I'm not sponsored by them, but there are starting to become cheaper ways to invest in therapy. And honestly, I feel like going to therapy is just investing in yourself. So think about that for a sec. But this leads me to my next point, which is talking to a therapist is completely different than talking to your family members or friends. First thing, They are trained. They know how to shift people's thoughts and their patterns to help improve their mental health and the way that you speak to yourself, the way that you act to yourself. Like, they go to school for a reason. Your parents don't. Your friends don't. They know things like CBT therapy, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, dialectic behavior therapy, They also do things like EMDR, there's family therapy, marriage counseling, and exposure therapy. So there's different avenues when it comes to therapy. But one of the biggest things is is they don't have any bias. And don't get me wrong, I like talking to my friends and family about issues that I have or am going through. But sometimes they're just too close to the situation and they either agree with me, which doesn't change my thought pattern, or they get super defensive and they end up saying something that either they don't mean or they close up entirely. And this is just because we're all working on ourselves and our issues. And this is because we don't learn how to talk or cope with situations. This is something we kind of just learn as we grow up, hopefully. But in therapy, this kind of progresses that and allows you to become aware of things. And when you go see a therapist, there's this blank slate. They don't really know anything about you. They don't have any effect on your life. They, You can take their advice or not. They can call you out and you can take it or not and they give you a different perspective because they have a whole different mindset when it comes to looking at the world and there's no charged emotion behind it i feel like when i say people are too close to you and your family or your friends when it comes to situations they have this charged emotion behind it because they care about you so much to where the therapist yes they care about you they want you to be okay But there's not this like emotion of like hoping that you take their advice and feeling hurt that you didn't. And it, again, doesn't affect them. So once again, I think talking to a therapist is important because they are trained to listen to you and they don't give you biased advice. And you might be thinking, oh, well, why can't I get some of those like books on like bettering myself? There's so many self-help books. And yes, you could use those and you could passively read them and not do anything with the information. You may start journaling or trying to psychoanalyze your family members and think maybe they need to go to therapy. (laughs) But I feel like when you put in your Google Calendar, okay. I have an appointment to go to therapy. I'm working on myself. You have a appointment that is specifically about you and how to improve your thoughts and your thought patterns. So if I had told you that everyone should follow the same diet, everyone should eat the same amount of calories, everybody should eat the same amount of carbs, fats, and proteins, you might be looking at me crazy because obviously that's not true. People are going to have different resting metabolic rates. People are going to have different activity levels. Some people might have celiac disease and they can't eat bread or it would be in their best interest not to eat bread. It's the same thing with therapy. When you read these books, it's a generalized topic. And situation to where when you're in therapy, it's specifically towards you and improving yourself. So hopefully by this point, you might be open up to trying therapy or thinking about therapy, but you're still feeling uncomfortable sitting in a room and talking to a random person and thinking that therapy doesn't work. And most people think therapy doesn't work. And I think one of the biggest reasons is because they're not talking. And... I honestly think this is crazy because I'm like, how can you just sit in a room and look at this person that you're paying (laughs) and not talk to them? But there are some people out there that don't talk because they're uncomfortable, again, with feeling their feelings. And this could even be you're talking too much. And I think this is what happens to me is that you end up talking about the little nitty gritty things that happen throughout your day. But you're not really getting to the deep stuff of, why you feel this way. And honestly, this is just a starting point, so beware, I'm getting back to this. Another point is, is that not all therapists are good therapists, and not every therapist is going to be for you. It's like saying, having a teacher, like every single teacher is going to be a great teacher. Sometimes you'll have a teacher where you completely understand the subject and you're like, I get this. They explain it to me the right way. But then you have a totally different teacher and it just sounds like gibberish. So this is where it's like with therapy, you're going to mesh with some people and some people you're not going to. I know for me, I jumped from therapist to therapist for a long time until I found one that really meshed. Um, But I would give them at least some time, because obviously the first session I feel like isn't going to always be the best one, but it might be. And just remembering that all all professions have bad people, or not bad people, but like people who aren't the best at their jobs. Let's just say that. (laughs) And the next one is going to be a hard one to say, but it's the truth. And it's because you're not willing to change this can be okay because you can either choose to change or not. It's completely up to you. But I just want you to keep in mind that doing the same thing that got you to where you are isn't going to change anything. So maybe try thinking of it in a different way or doing something in a different way. And then if that doesn't work, you can always go back to what you were doing before. But staying the same isn't going to equal change. But with therapy, you at least start becoming aware of what you're doing. And I think this is one of the most powerful things because you don't know what you don't know. And therapy allows you to start exploring your dysfunctions in your life. And I like to phrase it as the stages of change that I have found that has happened to me during therapy because I used to beat myself up a lot about I'm just going to therapy every week and I'm talking and nothing's happening and I'm not doing anything. And is this really worth it? And I think it's because change takes time. And I didn't realize that. And the different stages are first, you know, nothing. You literally don't know what you're doing is dysfunctional. Then you might start going to therapy or you might start talking to a friend and you're complaining and all you're doing is complaining and talking about all these different things and then someone or yourself calls you out and you start realizing like oh maybe this isn't working for me but you're not sure if you want to change or not and this could be from a family member this could be from a friend this could be from your therapist this could be from you journaling and then what happens is you realize this behavior that you're doing after the situation. This can be like, let's say I'm talking to someone and they say something and it triggers me and then that turns into me wanting to restrict my food and I still do it, but then the next day I realize like, oh, maybe what they said, I interpreted that into me needing to change my behavior. Or I think a better example would be I got a bad grade on my test, so I allowed that to affect the way that I looked at myself and I started calling myself ugly, dumb, fat, and things like that. Then the next stage would be you start becoming aware in the situation. So let's say I had a bad grade. Then I start seeing myself calling myself different things in the mirror. And then I'm like, oh, wait, this is probably because I had a bad grade. And I start becoming aware within the situation. And then the last stage is you then change the behavior. And you will probably jump back and forth through all of these. I feel like this happens to me a lot. But just being aware that it takes time to change is important. And to be honest, the most important thing is being aware. And once you start doing it, you will start realizing these things. And again, I just think going to therapy for a little bit might allow you to start becoming aware and then you can start doing these things by yourself because you learn those techniques. But honestly, you may not want to stop going because it just gives you some time to just be with you and yourself and talk about your deepest, darkest fears, truths or thoughts with someone who won't affect you and nothing will happen. So just think about that. But just to recap, the gym is not therapy. Therapy is therapy and you can benefit from the gym and it can improve your health and your mental health but it's not going to rewire your brain and change your behaviors and thoughts. Therapy should not be stigmatized or seen as weak Because honestly, I feel like people who are brave enough to confront their fears, to confront their feelings and dig up stuff about themselves are way more strong than people who just want to shove everything down and avoid it. Because it's hard and overwhelming to bring up the past, your thoughts, and the way that you think about yourself, especially to another person. One of the biggest things, I think this is a part of AA is where they say just confronting it is a step because you're actually bringing it out and saying that you have a problem. And lastly, you have to have patience with yourself and realize you can't change overnight. All good things take time. And that's the biggest thing when it comes to working on yourself. If I told you, well, I guess some people still believe this, but, um, If I told you, okay, you go to the gym and you do one set of bicep curls and you're going to wake up the next morning and have huge biceps, like as big as Arnold, would you believe me? Probably not. Same thing when it comes to working on yourself. So... I hope you enjoyed this podcast and you got something out of it if you did please take a screenshot of this podcast and share it on your social media or send it to a friend that you think might needs to hear this and this might be a little nice nudge being like hey maybe you should go to therapy I think you would get some benefit out of going to therapy Um, in a nice way obviously. And if you have any questions or topics you want me to talk about, please DM me at Rebecca.8 on Instagram, or you can email me at BeccaBabblesPodcast at gmail.com. And I hope you have a wonderful day, and I can't wait to babble with you next time.